I just ate like a ton of stuff really quickly to get ready for the pod. And I also had some ibuprofen because I was having a headache. So I'm ready. Oh, I'm just like, sounds like it. I'm f- what did you eat? Um, pancakes and uh, avocado egg. Damn. Sounds like your body is in extreme flux right now. It is indeed. Wait, what's an avocado egg? It's uh, scrambled eggs with avocado. Oh, okay, okay. I was yeah. like, is this? Uh, they don't lay eggs, avocados, in case you were wondering. I was like, are you eating like the pip of an avocado? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Like, fucking avocado pips were evolved. <laughs> evolved to be, like, eaten. Avocados are evolved to be eaten whole by giant sloths. And that's why they have a seed that's like no single creature could possibly swallow. Holy shit. And they were lucky. The only reason they didn't go fucking extinct is because they were cultivated by human beings before uh, the giant sloths went extinct. Thank God for that, because I couldn't live without my avocado. No, you wouldn't even know what you were missing out on. That's the scariest thing. Think about think, think about all these different timelines that we've missed out on. Like these things that are so good that everyone wants them, that uh, but they they don't exist in our universe. Like um, Kentucky Fried Dodo, you know, <laughs> in some world that's like the most fucking delicious thing you could possibly eat. Somebody that that's what you're saying in another dimension. <laughs> I think that the existential longing that I feel but I cannot explain. <laughs> Or pinned down in any way. I think it's the fact that in some way I know that in another timeline there's Kentucky Fried Dodo and I can't <laughs> have it. Yeah. That's uh that vague sense of ennui is uh <laughs> your consciousness from another multiverse telling you you're missing out on something. And in that other timeline there's no global warming. Exactly. Like we- <laughs> we we fixed it. And the the secret was uh the dodos. They absorb their huge carbon sinks. <laughs> Jesus. Alright. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host Alton. With me as always is Reese. Hello. And today we have a guest. Uh, a very special guest who's made a very interesting video about the environmental impacts of gaming and the game industry. Hi, Mitch. Hey, how's it going? So we wanted to have you on because, I mean, the moment I saw the video, uh, I knew that it was something that we would definitely want to talk about at some point, and I thought it would be great to have somebody who's, you know, looked into it and maybe read some stuff. <laughs> and yeah, and knows knows things uh to help us to help guide us through this discussion. Yeah, I I I don't know how to read and <laughs> refuses to read. So uh yeah, uh, that we 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 need help on this one. It's a good combination cuz I am dyslexic. So <laughs> <laughs> we make a good trio here. I am too. I learned I didn't re- learn how to read till I was like 10. Um and I learned to read from Garfield comics, which is a, oh, holy a, shit, which is a, a probably a big point as to why I'm like this today. <laughs> just every time you're reading, you just hungry for lasagna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> reading gave me headaches growing up, and I didn't know why. I was just like, "This is what happens when you read." It turns out <laughs> it was just my like eyes struggling extra hard to figure it all out. So I guess the first thing we want to talk about is like. What led you to start making the video in the first place? It's been in the news recently, like the whole youth climate uh, yeah. activism and uh, Greta, who has become the focus of, frankly, um, an absurd amount of reactionary sexual pathology is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, it's real gross. <laughs> like, on all ends of it, like the hate she's getting, I mean... But, like, I had this idea well before, and quite frankly, she stole my thunder. But (laughs) we can get past that. It just takes me a very long time to make videos because I work as a video editor from home. So I get very over looking at Premiere all day. 
Um, yeah. I was just talking to a friend about it who's like on the same wavelength, I guess, environmentally. Like he's also vegan, like I am. And um, we were just talking about consumption. And then I sort of looked at my game collection. I was like, wait a minute. That's all plastic. <laughs> and then <laughs> he just like had this moment, like uh, out of like a comedy. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. It's all plastic. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, yeah. like literally, that's what happened. And I was like, fuck, like I've got a bag of Skittles here that's made of plastic. Like, oh my God, my room is a mess. To be fair, though, like the Skittles bag is edible. <laughs> you, do you guys not eat the bag of Skittles after you're done? I, I, <laughs> I, I personally I throw away the Skittles. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> right so sorry for interrupting you that's fine um but yeah from there i was just like i wonder what goes into this you know it's a lot of plastic and then you go to i don't know what you call them but like an eb games which is i guess the same as a GameStop. yeah um and you just see like these desks in the middle of the store that are piled with like crackdown and uh whatever game flopped that other year. trash yeah <laughs> All the old traded in copies of Madden 17 <laughs> and like FIFA 15 that no one's going to buy because it's an outdated roster. Mm-hmm. So then they just get thrown in the trash. Uh, on top of that, I don't know if GameStop is like this, but like it's like a, I guess, an Australasian meme that when EB Games is having a sale, you fucking know they're having a sale because literally every empty space that could have been in that store is covered in plastic that says we're having a sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, just on top of that, it's just, it's wild. The amount just in one of those stores alone of how much wastage is there. And yeah, it's something I wish I had touched upon in the video, but I was getting too bummed out writing it. And I was like, I need this <laughs> to be over. Well, I think too, you make the, the perfect point at the start of the video with the, the legend of the Atari, E.T. cartridges. The E.T. cartridges oh, yeah. that had been thrown away. And then, like, you show footage of them playing the E.T. cartridges that have been, like, in the ground for decades. Yeah. And it's just, like, these things have not decomposed. What has leached out, I'm sure, is not good for the for the ground. For the drinking water. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, you can only imagine how much worse it's gotten since then. It's like when people are showing the pollution of the ocean and there's like a straw and like a, a turtle's nose, but it's just like a Atari-shaped cartridge bump inside a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's sad. I can't even get a good game, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember how I made that connection to begin with. Like, at some point I was just like, wait a minute. There's like a million Atari cartridges under the ground somewhere mm-hmm. and then i thought that was a good way to sort of prime people for what was to come because like that's such a well-known well it was an open legend until microsoft paid someone heaps of money to ruin the mystery but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's the perfect way to start off honestly i was like man uh, I, it's amazing i don't think anyone's made that connection before yeah i'm surprised because if i could make it like i don't know how no one else did yeah, it's like nobody's stopped to think like, oh, wait, there are thousands of these things just in the ground. Isn't that, you know, terrible for the environment? <laughs> yeah, isn't that the thing we've been talking about for decades? But no, it's just like, lol, game shitty. Yeah, I think, that, <laughs> I think that's the thing, right? Like, video game culture overtook what was actually happening mm-hmm. in that situation. Like, haha, game was so bad that we buried it and then we found it and now we can sell it on eBay and leave it in museums and it's like a fun story but yeah, at what cost? (laughs) Well I think it's you know very much not a great thing for game culture in general even us which are pretty conscientious you know discussers of video game topics like Mm. I, I saw your video and I was just like of course it is not has a terrible impact, and it never crossed my mind once because I am a goblin <laughs> playing Monster <Yeah>. Hunter <laughs> all day um, instead of thinking about these things, which is you know it's the biggest entertainment industry, and it's 
of course it has a massive impact. Uh, today, it seems like the plastic cases um, remain to be the kind of biggest issue um, as opposed to the, I'm sure that the discs themselves aren't great, but that seemed yeah. the video to be the big issue. Well, it's packaging. Like you keep the game usually, but like the packaging all gets thrown away. Like the yeah, plastic and shrink, like wrap. shrink wrap. Yeah, exactly. And then transporting it everywhere. Even the act of going to a store, unless you walk there or like ride a bike or skateboard or something, you still, yeah, it's, it's fucked. Ride a <laughs> like horse. There's, yeah. There's a point in every single part of the chain, like every single link in that chain sucks. I don't think anybody has ever once walked to a video game store to get their game. I don't uh, think yeah. you're allowed to buy the game unless you drive there in your car. In your Hummer. Your friends, yeah, and your friends have to come in separate cars. I wouldn't know anything about walking to a video game school to buy Smash Bros. or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe the laws are different in New Zealand. But in America, <laughs> uh, you can get up to 10 uh, to 15 years for doing so. I mean, isn't that just existing in America? I mean, pretty much. We could spend like a whole hour just talking about the politics of this shitty country. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that, would, that would honestly be kind of a distraction from the main topic. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe one day we will because, oh God, that episode's going to be fun. So when you were making this video, what surprised you the most about uh, the process? Um, I particularly was interested to learn about the, the instruction booklets. Yeah. Even, yeah. Being because I, I, I had the same reaction that you did was just like they took my instruction booklets away from me because game <laughs> company, <Yeah. laughs> um, where did actually you know it sounds like even if it's an excuse, it's a good excuse, uh, for yeah. once. I think the most surprising thing to me was I wish I could find more evidence on it so I could have talked about it more. But EA tried to make like a biodegradable PC box in 2010, like of all companies of everything ea was like years ahead of this situation and for whatever reason it just did not work but uh, i it mean near impossible to find anything about it there's heavy evidence to suggest it didn't work because it's ea yeah and i'm not i i mean ea bad obviously is just like a meme at this point but ea really is bad yeah it's like a meme for a reason right yeah, and like you said, with like the football manager packaging that they did, it cost an extra twenty five cents a copy. And mm. uh, I mean, everything that I've seen from EA indicates that they're just like hardcore capitalists all the way down the line, just pinching pennies wherever. And you know, twenty five oh, yeah, cents doesn't sure. sound like a lot, but when you scale that up into like millions, millions. and millions of copies, which is what they sell with some of their big franchises, that. Uh, that ends up being a substantial amount of money that they could just give to be Kotick instead. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, one thing I got in research in that video as well is of the last five years since Origin Access became a thing, they haven't printed as many. Like I think it was fifty-one million discs they've saved. So if you put that as twenty-five cents per, that's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's of course why they're so heavily incentivized to go like all digital. Yeah, which is a topic I'm going to be talking about later, and I'm not excited to research it. <laughs> yeah, like at the point where you stopped in the video, like my idea of where you're going next is probably uh, the rare earth metals that get mined to actually make these the machines that we play them on. Mm -hmm. And then like labor conditions as well yeah. is all going to be covered in the console manufacturing. Oh, it's going to, that one's going to be nasty. Yeah. <laughs> if people got mad at this one, which surprisingly like wasn't as bad of a reaction as I was expecting. Like I had primed myself for weeks on the YouTube comments for this one. Well, you're not a, a woman or a minority, so. True. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Like not even kidding. I yeah. think the huge reason as to why we can continue to make this show without being screamed at 24 seven by like gamer dipshit chuds is the fact that we are both white guys. Yeah, it, that's a very unfortunate reality. In, until recently, like you, you don't make any like you make that one statement that like obviously climate change is real, but you have a very kind of like matter of fact 
presentation, mm-hmm. um, to, which is, shows a lot of restraint because if I was making that video, I'd just be like, all right, me and everybody else who's ever played a video game is a bad person. <laughs> this video is to convince you to never play video games ever again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, and so I think that that tone probably helps a lot. Um, you know, it doesn't have those built-in buzzwords that make gamers freak out like maybe mass effect 3's ending isn't all bad uh (laughs) when i saw some of the comments to that video which (laughs) people were not not pleased with so um there's a whole thread on reset era about how shit that video is oh my god (laughs) <laughs> There's like a whole Reddit post about how much they hate me and that video. So, like, I, I'm I'm used to hate on YouTube, but like, uh, I mean, I, if if there's if there's two uh, two places I wouldn't mind hating me, it would be uh, Reddit and Resetera. So, good yeah. on you. But yeah, the console one I think is really gonna hit people because with like physical games as an alternative and it might not be perfect but there is something else you don't have an alternative to buy a console you either buy it or you don't and people can be like oh, i'll buy it on my pc and it's like well that's worse sorry <laughs> buddy so yeah i think people are gonna get a bit uppity about that i i think that it's gonna be difficult for people to process that something that they've been like consuming and like it is part of their identity for their whole life is produced in a way that is shitty and uh, damaging to the environment. Yeah, that's the thing. And like the gamer chuds, which what you said earlier, I'm stealing now. Um, <laughs> they like to shoot the messenger instead of like something I've noticed from being online is that a lot of the capital G gamers TM are so close to like being on the right side of the tracks with their politics, but they blame the wrong people and then get mad at the wrong things like it. Like, they're going to get mad at me for telling them instead of getting mad at the manufacturers for doing the practices. Like, mm. ah, sometimes, they, sometimes they're fucking awful, but there's a lot of the more centrist-leaning ones that are really close, and it's like, don't be mad at me. Just, like, turn that rage and tell Sony that, yeah, their new, like, carbon footprint emissions deal is good, but maybe you should, like, look at your uh, slave labor, too, maybe. <laughs> Give that a go. We've had a fair bit of discussion uh, over the months on this podcast about the the gamer identity and what that entails. And even, I would say, like leftist gamers get very attached to Steam as a corporation, Nintendo as a corporation, (sighs) and will carry their water. Um, And I think that's just a natural result of the way you feel when you play a video game, you have this achievement and it's yours and it's special. And how dare you say that, you know, beating Sekiro means that uh, you're destroying the environment. Master chief is actually my dad. And if you say (laughs) that he's damaging the environment, um, I'll kill you. Um, yeah speaking of steam that's another topic i'm covering which is the exclusivity deals and how it's good actually good luck with those (laughs) emails (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, man i've never seen anyone angrier um than i have people talking about the epic store it's crazy i was gonna say i worked alongside like a local game development company here in wellington uh dinosaur polo club they made mini metro mini motorways and they got the exclusivity deal for Mini Motorways to be on Apple Arcade. And looking at that, like being in the studio alongside all of those devs, I was like, fuck, this is really good. Like this deal is so good for them because mm-hmm. they had like financial um, stability the entire development process. But people are like, oh, I have to download another launcher. Like, fuck, so inconvenient in my life. I mean, for that one, though, it's like in the Apple ecosystem. So it's like... I can't imagine that one's particularly hard. So for the Apple Arcade, you just have to pay, I think it's five US a month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just go on the App Store and there's certain games that you'll be able to download for quote unquote free that are part of that system. But that made it an exclusive. And I think it's coming to consoles and PC in like six months. I could be wrong mm-hmm. though. I see, I see. Yeah, but that was just like my insight into like, oh man, exclusives are good. We could definitely talk about uh, the Epic Store exclusives and how it's like they are for the 
devs taking the deals they're fantastic because it's like they come with a guaranteed minimum sale amount Mm -hmm. and that's just like money in the bank as they as they're developing it yeah and another thing is that they're uh cultivating and snagging up like the best indie games that they can instead of steam which is drowning all of their good indie games with like asset flips and just trash yeah god remember when steam was like curated a million years ago there was never a point at which steam had actually done indie games correctly oh yeah no like before they had like the tidal wave of garbage just drowning all the other games they had like a system which was so heavily restricted that it was like a fucking miracle every time an indie game got on steam yeah i mean and now with more launches coming out there's going to be more exclusivity deals and people are just i don't think the gamers are ready to have that aneurysm <laughs> oh they will be so mad because it's like yeah up till this point much like with netflix they've been accustomed to a certain degree of convenience and being mm-hmm. able to get everything in one place and now that is slowly fracturing as, as every single publisher realizes they can just have their own storefront away from yeah. steam uh <laughs> And it's gonna be a mess because I don't think it's I, I don't think the fracturing is really a good thing. No, I hate it. But it's also, I guess, not the worst thing on earth. Mm. It, it's what happens when you have uh, a capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is too is that Steam is such a absent father that has is really bad for a lot of video games that are not made by huge conglomerates that is the sort of thing where i could see being more annoyed by it if if steam were better and also um i think that if you're going to be mad at a game launcher you should be mad at the bethesda game launcher Mm -hmm. which is the worst one i never even like bothered with that because as soon as i heard like it deletes the download i was like nah (laughs) i'm good it takes me long enough to download a game on New Zealand internet. I'm not wasting my time with that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, me and Reese have subjected ourselves to it for some reason to play the the latest Wolfenstein game, and I uh, t- five second review, not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 worth downloading any of that. Yeah, I heard Young Bloods is not uh, the best, which sucks because of. The characters in it you're like mm-hmm. it's just gonna make the capital g gamers be like haha go woke get broke and it's like no nah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. it's just a bad yeah. game like it's got nothing to do with that they fucking they threw these characters they created under the bus in order to create another skinner box open world garbage game yeah and if you just played through the story elements of young blood it would be a fine in between wolfenstein's games but yeah. like doing all the stupid extra side stuff that you have to do and the enemies scale to your level, which I always think is the worst idea because <sighs> all the enemies just so samey and no yeah. choice you make ever matters. Really. You go through the same places like five times. And yeah. for some reason, the Bethesda net launcher just like turns off my like video capture software. So it was like also fun to discover that you know, the the content I had recorded for that didn't work, um, which I should have tested more heavily, but still, it's just like, why are you turning this off? There's no, <laughs> just to be a dick. Anyway, the environment. Yeah, the environment. sorry. I, sorry, I, uh, it's such a bummer. So... We just, we, <laughs> you start talking about other things, otherwise, it's just going to drag you down. Yeah. So that, that, that's, the, that's the message we're trying to give you here. Don't think <laughs> about the environment. <laughs> yeah, just ignore it and it'll sort itself out. Sort itself. <laughs> yeah. but I was like, maybe that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's sort of difficult because from my perspective and something that you know gets talked about on the left a lot is the idea of ethical consumption under capitalism. Mm-hmm. And... When it comes to sort of these institutional problems like the amount of waste generated during the manufacturing of a console or a video game, from like an individual's perspective, 
there's basically nothing you can do. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. want you as an individual do not factor into the amount of game copies they're going to create, how many consoles they're going to create. And like you can abstain from buying physical copies or buying a console. So even if you were just like uh, narco primitivism living out in the woods, you definitely like save your own impact on the environment. But it's like a drop of water in an ocean that is the corporate impact on environments. Yeah. Well, with too. a lot of other things too that you can like promote more sustainable habits, but it's difficult to promote that like everybody just pick up a used GameCube at Goodwill, <laughs> and don't buy yeah. new uh, consoles. Um, it's like a not realistic, and B there's only some there's only two of those at the Goodwill. Everybody can <laughs> yeah. have one, <laughs> and that's just gonna make the like retro market even more like obscene. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, one thing I didn't consider when I made that video, which a lot of people surprisingly pointed out in the comments, is I say go buy secondhand, you know, because it's there's like a million secondhand copies of Crackdown Three at your local EB Games or GameStop. <laughs> and oh man, everyone... <laughs> that would be a huge sacrifice for the cause buying Crackdown Three. <laughs> Jesus, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Just repurpose that shit into furniture. Don't play it. Yeah, you can melt it down yourself. It's fine. It's not toxic. Um, and people are like, that's not supporting the devs. And that like hit me harder than looking around my room and seeing plastic everywhere. I was like, fuck, it's not. So maybe that's not the best advice. But yeah, there's no good solution, unfortunately, because of our good friend capitalism. Yeah. Well, it seems at least for the plastic concern is just to switch to digital even I, I'm somebody who was very much about hard copies, and now it's something I have to rethink because of the 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 impact, which didn't, didn't occur to me once because I'm a big idiot. Um, and to f try to figure out some way to minimize these digital impacts that uh, are coming in the future video. Yeah, that's another thing that's like kind of out of our hands, right? Because a lot of power is um fossil fuels and non-renewable so it's like well fuck what do you do like where can you halt this process because ultimately at the very end of the chain is the non-renewables at least for now mm -hmm. and i mean i know it's like that in america right like it's very much a fossil fuel country uh where yeah. i live a couple years ago everybody just freaked out and refused to let this wind farm move in because they they didn't want the eyesore, so it was just like, eh, oh my god, fuck that, fuck that renewable energy, and it's like, <laughs> oh man, we're just gonna shoot ourselves in the face here, aren't we? Yeah, I'm I'm lucky. Like New Zealand obviously uses non-renewables as well, but like we try. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> I can say. <laughs> and I think per like capita in terms of like population density, we have one of the lowest carbon footprints in the world, and at least in like the Western world. Mm -hmm. so that's something giant wheels with kiwis running in them turning a big turbine <laughs> i don't know if you know a lot of Americans hobbits on treadmills <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering when that was going to come up <laughs> i mean a lot of americans don't know this but the kiwi birds almost extinct so i wish we had them like running our power wish we had more the little boys running around but um there was a point I was making in this somewhere and I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, the only kind of way that the United States and other countries are going to move to like a sustainable economic model is going to be like massive, massive government reform and regulation. Oh, yeah. Basically, like it's going to require a shift in our economy on the scale of like what happened for World War Two, where like thousands of industries shifted to focus on wartime production and yeah. it's going to be something like that where everything is going to have to shift to like economic sustainability with over the course of like a couple years yeah and that was the thing like one thing i learned making that video is a supply production chain takes around 18 months for a major corporation so it's like gotta fucking do it now the sooner they start the sooner we can get there but it's still like an 18 month transitional period at least yeah and it's like 
<laughs> that's over a year and a half um, for a a span of time where we have like uh, a decade, a decade yeah. and a half maybe to actually yeah. course correct to prevent permanent damage to the environment. Yeah, <laughs> so. and it's like, oh well, uh, good luck us, I guess. To me, what I realize is that under the best case scenario, is that maybe there's going to be some limits on our gaming, and maybe it's not going to be the stupid, you know, smorgasbord it was for a while. Um, if you know things are ideal, just because it's not, it, it's not going to matter whether or not you get the Borderlands Three DLC for trying to save the planet, and there's going to be a lot of screaming on Reddit about that. Yeah. I mean, Reddit can scream all they fucking want. I I mean, they're going to scream about whatever, but, you know, I think the value, the volume will intensify. I mean, fuck them. Like, we're headed towards <laughs> another video game crash anyway, so it's kind of a perfect time for things to even out and lessen. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I've heard speculation on that front that these AAA game devs are trying to create so many games as a service that eat up 80 hours of your time that they're they're sort of saturating the market and creating a situation where nobody wants to buy these giant shitty games yeah pretty much um like i've got a few friends in game dev that are like yeah the industry especially with no middle market at the moment like there is one Mm -hmm. but it's not like it not like it used to be i mean jim sterling talks about this a lot how like after the rise of the triple A game. Publishers basically stopped making mid tier games that have like a medium budget and are expected to make a medium amount of money. Yeah, no game devs just want a lot of money. But they want all and the money. Constantly, all the time. Like because of all this, it's gonna crash in the next couple of years, which will probably be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they all just Fingers move crossed. on to making like business software or some shit. Yeah, which would be an interesting parallel to how what happens to their employees that they burn out working eighty hours a week. Yeah, because those industries are unionized. Well, yeah, a lot of them. Well, even if they're not unionized, they get treated a hell of a lot better than people in the game dev sphere. Oh yeah, for sure. Because nobody working at a software uh, a software corporation is being like it was my passion. To, to do software. My favorite thing to do as a child was play on Excel. Uh, you, know, you know, I am a, yeah. a software-er, capital S-T-M. God. This fu- fucking cultivated identity is used as a cudgel against the people who are so dedicated they want to make games. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of creative industries. Like, I see it in graphic design and video editing and, like, being in Wellington, we've got a massive movie scene here. I don't know if you've heard of like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. But, you know. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> Is that like some small indie film? Yeah, well, quite small. <laughs> but like because of that, the exploitation of people's passion is fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, Lindsay Ellis um, made a stealth review on The Hobbit slash the the, the film industry uh, or the exploitation of the New Zealand film industry. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a really good video. It's good, but I wish she did more because she barely touches on it. Like, she could have made three more videos about how fucked it is here, and it still probably wouldn't have covered the whole thing. I'm glad she made that video, but holy shit, there is so much more to it. I believe it. The long and short of it is our Prime Minister at the time bent over so that Hollywood could basically strip contractual rights of any contract worker in New Zealand, which not in the, only in the film industry, but any contract work Jesus. across any industry overnight. Like it was rushed through the government to be changed within, I think like 17 or 18 hours. And they haven't changed back. That was however fucking many years ago now, like seven or eight, maybe Jesus. nine. Yeah. We're still stuck with them. Well, now that we've had this fun conversation, I think this is a good segue into our next uh, our next topic, which yep. is uh, Troy Baker says he didn't voice Reese in Borderlands Three. Uh, it's very related in terms of union work. So I may need a little primer on American union politics because I tried to read about it, but um, uh, bad. <laughs> okay, yeah. bad. Just very imagine. Bad. 
Just imagine a smoking crater and the <laughs> demon is climbing out of the crater and you're like you look at the demon and you see flashes of like all the worst things that have ever happened to you in life. That's Jesus. that's uh that's what union politics are like. <laughs> Good to know. It's getting better um but only because it is current it, people are fighting back against it cuz it's currently so fucking shitty. Okay. There's it's funny cuz there's a graph out there that like uh maps um average wages to like average union membership and it's like yeah. f- they fucking follow each other perfectly. But unions of communism guys like they are we can't have that that's the enemy. Oh boy. So this story <laughs> comes to us from Kotaku by uh, Cecilia Di Anastasio. Troy Baker says he didn't voice Reese in Borderlands 3 because they wouldn't go Union updated. So, uh, Reese, would you like... Fuck, we're going to say Reese for both of these. <laughs> <laughs> would you like uh, to read I'll... the article? The article about a character in Borderlands 3. Yes. Earlier this year, Borderlands fans were devastated to learn that actor Troy Baker would not be reprising his role as Reese in Borderlands 3. That's the year, time, I didn't know you were in Borderlands 3, Reese. I, I was. I can't tell if you should be proud of that or ashamed. Uh, well, I mean, it, I'm, I'm proud of being in Tales from the Borderlands. I'm ashamed of being in Borderlands. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> At the time, publisher Gearbox's co-founder, Randy Pitchford, said Baker turned it down, but a recent interview with Baker makes things sound more complicated. Baker is a beloved voice actor who's voiced dozens of video game characters, including Booker DeWitt, Samuel Drake, and Snow from Final Fantasy XIII. Baker is a member of SAG-AFTRA, the union representing voice actors, In an interview with VG247, Baker says that what prevented him from joining the cast for Borderlands 3? It was simply a matter that they wouldn't go Union, Baker told VG247 of Gearbox. He continued, VG247. I I thought it was 24-7, like the... Nope. Okay. I've been wrong as well. Wait. No, actually, you're right. I'm cutting this part out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) oops I can't do a non-union gig and without getting too deep into the weeds of that we had long conversations about this we always knew going into it that this was going to be the thing they were going to take these characters and put them from Tales from the Borderlands series from Telltale into Borderlands proper I've been waiting for this call they were like do you want to do this and I said yes they never because they would never move from that position I'm not mad It's invariably a completely different character, but it still stinks. Baker had previously voiced his desire to reprise the Borderlands role in at least two public instances, VG247 reports. Once, at a Supernova Melbourne panel, Baker said that if Gearbox brought back characters from the Telltale Borderlands, it should be the people who originated the characters. They shouldn't just recast willy-nilly, because as a fan, that matters to me. Later... In an only SP interview, Baker said that he'd, quote, love to come back and added, quote, I think it's interesting that Randy Pitchford tweeted out that I turned it down. And then he said he heard that I had turned it down. <laughs> I would fact check before I tweeted that out to the Internet. Parentheses. Pitchford also noted in his April tweet that, quote, with how Reese appears in the game, I don't think it actually matters at all. Fucking hell. You'll see for yourself when the game comes out, and you may disagree with me on that or not. Okay, so Randy is just saying, uh, it doesn't matter if we cast someone else. Nothing matters. Don't... The medieval times, that doesn't matter. Pornography <laughs> does not matter. Fuck. Yeah, have you heard about the, the kerfuffle with him leaving a, a USB full of company mm-hmm. secrets and porn at uh, a medieval times? I didn't know it was at a medieval times. It was at a I... fucking medieval times bathroom. <laughs> so much better. Slash was like this man is a fucking trainer. Uh, well, he is a magician. So <laughs> to remain in solidarity with their union members, SAG-AFTRA members can't accept work on a production that also hasn't been signed a contract 
with SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA voice actors enjoy labor protections like guaranteed minimum rates that boost the labor standards for the industry. A SAG-AFTRA spokesperson had this to say about discussions with Gearbox. We applaud any member who stands up for workplace fairness and the integrity of their creative work. It is a courageous decision to act in the best interests of one's fellow SAG-AFTRA members, and this honors all working people. The misguided decision by Gearbox to deny their performers the opportunity to have fair union wages, a safe workplace, and the possibility of health care coverage for their families is unfortunate. We attempted to sign Gearbox to a union agreement. They refused and disengaged from those talks. We look forward to hearing from any Gearbox performers who is interested in the many protections a union agreement offers actors. And here comes fucking Gearbox to have their word on the story. (laughs) Troy is an exceptional talent, and we were disappointed that he declined to partner on Borderlands 3 off of being offered the part. We wish him the best and hope he knows the offer to collaborate with him still stands. Gearbox is a Texas company and is bound by Texas law which means that a person cannot be denied employment because of membership or non-membership in a labor union. As a talent-owned and talent-led organization, are we calling Randy Pitchford a talent now? I mean, his favorite is a talent. I mean, if he, that is his only talent is pretty much creating train wrecks. They're pretty fucking big, so I guess I can't argue if they, that's what they want to define as a talent. Oh, here we go. As a talent-owned and talent-led organization, Gearbox enthusiastically works to ensure our pay and working conditions meet or exceed union standards. Uh, That's setting off my bullshit alarms, uh, Reese. (laughs) Uh, We also believe strongly in hiring local voice actors whenever we can, which is why we're thrilled Troy's career really took off after working with us. (laughs) fucking what the fuck they're literally just taking credit for this man's whole career (laughs) yeah what a fucking these guys are fucking assholes like they're lying through their teeth like and the only good thing about this is that sag after gets the last word here um so in response to gearbox statements and questions about why other union actors are voicing borderlands 3 characters uh, so basically, if you don't know, Ashley Birch uh, is one of the voice actors doing Tiny Tina, uh, and she is also a member of SAG-AFTRA, and one of, a lot of the questions in the comments were like, why is she able to voice her character, and um, Troy Baker isn't? And this gets into that. So, a SAG-AFTRA representative sent this over. Gearbox reference to Texas law as a non-sequitur. SAG-AFTRA's contract does not require Gearbox to deny anyone employment based on their union status. In fact, SAG-AFTRA's contract does not require employers in any state to deny anyone employment based on union status. We are fully aware of the anti-labor right-to-work-for-less laws that help explain why Texas has more minimum wage workers than any other state in the union. Damn. Employers in Texas and other right-to-work-for-less states nevertheless routinely work under SAG-AFTRA agreements with no legal obstacle at all. To the extent that Gearbox's statement reflects legitimate ignorance, Gearbox could easily have asked that question during their discussion with SAG-AFTRA, which they did not. If, indeed, Gearbox meets or exceeds our contract standards in their treatment of performers, which we highly doubt, it would not have cost, it would have cost them nothing to sign the union's agreement and retain the original cast of their game. While SAG-AFTRA does not comment on member discipline matters, we observe that SAG-AFTRA members who work for certain non-union employers not only deprive themselves of the benefits of a union agreement, they lower the standards for all their peers and facilitate the abuse and exploitation of performers. 
So I think that's a little bit of a throwing some shade at the SAG-AFTRA uh, employees who like kept working on the game. Yeah. This the shade in general, that was for as politely worded as it was, that was a fairly uh direct fuck you to Gearbox <laughs> and Randy Pitchford. It was fucking beautiful. Um obviously uh, as somebody whose brain has been broken by Twitter, I love this kind of thing. This kind of incredibly petty, snippy back and forth. It, it's something that I've grown to love. And I think SAG-AFTRA here really is showing that they are 100% in the right. And that oh, Gearbox yeah. is just fucking... It's like a fucking cartoon villain just lying through their teeth about how they treat their employees like better than the union and how they're a fucking talent-owned and talent-led organization and then claiming credit for Troy Baker's fucking career? Like, everything about that <laughs> just drips with sleaze and grease. Yeah, it's pretty clear that uh, Troy Baker forced the union issue right? and they had to just talk out their ass about why they had to say no to him. Um, rather than they, I assume they just expected them to roll over like the other SAG after actors who decided to just, you know, scab, I guess. It's not even like a, a picketing situation here. It's like one, one voice actor who I'm assuming is like using their status in the industry to try to force, you know, better working conditions for everyone involved, which I mean, good mm-hmm. on Troy Baker here. It's like, that's yeah. a fucking... Uh, that's a fucking awesome thing to do. He's like kind of the last person I expected this from, but it's really good because he's like one of the most prolific voice actors in the whole fucking industry. But, yeah. But especially since I think it, his opinion might be different now, but like Nolan North, I think was a union buster at one point. Ooh. If that's true, then fuck Nolan North. Jesus. I will need to look into that. So like don't directly quote me on that. But like I do remember him like being very anti-union at some point and like those two are like the top like they are it so it's kind of funny that they're like at the opposite ends well i'm not 100 percent sure what what is troy baker's like position with sag after because it sounds like he has like it, it almost sounds like he's got some sort of contractual thing with sag after to only work in union projects but then i think sag after's letters makes it sound like i don't know this was a choice that baker made it's difficult to say yeah uh, what I read is that SAG after members can do whatever work they want, but then they'll probably get fucking shade thrown at them on Kotaku if they do. Right. So I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say what the situation is. I'm sure that there are a lot of non-disclosure agreements and like contracts that have been signed that aren't fully detailed to us here. Um, oh yeah. So it's like we only are getting like half the picture, but Half the picture is basically just um, just Randy Pitchford's rancid face, <laughs> just giggling and chortling as he tries to break uh, unions. So to speak to the earlier question, I have uh, the first sentence to this article I'd like to read. Mm-hmm. Prolific voice actor Nolan North, known for his work as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series... Took stage tonight at the Game Awards, seemingly to admonish SAG after voice acting community as a whole. And basically said that because there's a voice actor union that's uh, threatening to strike, that you're hurting the devs and we should just stand behind the devs to do it. So Ugh. I think that, that I think yeah. that we can say Troy Baker is is good only by Troy Baker games. Do not buy Nolan North games. Nolan North reactionary a dipshit he is condemned on the vicotto disc- <laughs> <laughs> podcast that's ending this whole man's whole career you know his, his uh his career really took off after working with us and by working with us i mean playing one of his games um so uh, i think that uh we created him we can end him simple as that yeah, I bought the first Uncharted, and that's why he is successful. <laughs> now I'm now I'm like I'm giving it to Goodwill, and that means he's uh, it's <laughs> fucking over. It's done. So that was fun. I know this isn't like the main point of the article, but I'm looking at uh, Troy Baker's career as a video game voice actor. Mm-hmm. 
he wasn't on a 2K game until well after he was famous. Like, and even then it was Tales from the Borderlands. Like, that's not a 2K game. It's just a 2K franchise. Right. Or Gearbox franchise, sorry, not 2K. I can't get over that. The, we made him famous, so we will destroy him now. Situation. I mean, it's classic Randy Pitchford. He has to pull out the dumbest thing possible to say in the moment. Just uh, otherwise, he's not Randy Pitchford. It's it's hilarious hearing the kind of whispers, you know, a friend of a friend about Randy Pitchford stuff. Where apparently, you know, allegedly at Gearbox, he is just the nightmare, and you hope he doesn't come over to your desk to show you a magic trick and be buddy buddy with you. Um, oh, can you? That sounds so fucking gross. You're just yeah. like, imagine you're an hour 65 of the week of crunch and your wife is just like, listen, when are you going to come home? And you're like, I can't come home. I have to design Reese's little hair curl in front in the scene. And Randy Pitchford comes over and he's like, you want to see a magic trick? I got a magic <laughs> trick for you. And then he just plays you pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I can make this USB disappear. At a fucking medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, isn't it great that we have such an undemocratic system that just because he has enough money to own a majority share in the company, he can just keep being the CEO even though he's a fucking clown? Yeah. Uh, in the lead up to Borderlands 3 release, he kept coming out like during the events of the whole USB stick thing. And, like, I remember, like, you know, listening to Giant Bomb podcasts, and, like, each time they're just like, I can't believe Randy Pitchford was at the front of another one of these things while everybody <laughs> dreaming about his pornography and embezzlement. <laughs> and, of course, it, it had no impact in the sales of Borderlands. It's not a problem at all that he does no. this. It's just this evil toddler just screaming around no one can do anything about it (laughs) that's such a fucking good description of him (laughs) (laughs) he looks like one fucking chucky (laughs) running around doing magic tricks and just showing his full ass on the internet (laughs) to like loop around though like the epic store exclusive was more detrimental to sales than randy pitchford's fucking lost usb in the medieval times bathroom stall like what the fuck i would honestly say that we're not the ship has sailed on that one because the epic store has such a already baked in audience from fortnite people who don't care about steam and they reported on their sales in a way that i think a lot of other places don't because they were proud of them and they wanted to boost epic uh, game store stuff and it and it did not seem to really be impacted by any of the controversy because it's Borderlands. It's one of the biggest franchises, mm-hmm. and they sell two hundred dollar copies to people really invested in that kind of thing. So you Ugh. know they they're making they had enough to play to pay Troy Baker and everybody else you know double their wages and still make a hefty profit. Yeah, I think that was an interesting thing from the article is like it could have cost them nothing and they still didn't do it. Exactly. Like, if they were telling the truth, which I doubt, uh, it would have cost them nothing to uh, meet the minimum requirements of SAG-AFTRA. And I think that it's like, honestly, the SAG-AFTRA contract sounds, like, amazing, because it, like, not only protects the SAG-AFTRA union members, but it protects every single other performer working uh, for the project. Yeah. And it's like, what happens when, I I guess, you scab? that you don't organize collectively as a labor movement, you get fucked over by ran- people like Randy Pitchford. Of all fucking people. Like, case number 20,000 of why we do not live in a meritocracy. Randy Pitchford has more money than any of us will make in our entire lifetimes and will never have to worry about consequences for his absolutely brain-dead actions. But the reality is, is that there are dozens of Randy Pitchfords out there. He only stands out because he's so clownish. It's like the magic yeah. and the way that he talks. How yeah. can you fuck me on this uh, type stuff? Like Bobby Kotick and all of these other gaming CEOs are just as bloodthirsty and cold hearted as Randy Pitchford is. But they're yeah. just boring suit wearers. So we never yeah. hear about them. Um, but they do Only- just as much damage. 
or they turn themselves into a positive meme like Todd Howard. I don't know if Todd Howard is a positive <laughs> meme anymore. He's not, sort of, not on this podcast. <laughs> he's sort of sullied. I think his reputation uh, got uh, went in the trash a bit with Fallout 76, which oh, yeah. not any of the shitty, like the actual shitty things that they've done in terms of like labor practices, but it just bad game. You made bad game. You bad man. Mm. It's a uh, pr- pretty sad that like the state of gaming's political consciousness is literally just game. Good. You good game. Bad. You bad. <sighs> pretty much. Yeah. And when Fallout 76 is, you know, when they take four years and, you know, however much money for DLC or whatever, um, and they fix it, everybody will be like, oh, isn't it so great that they fixed Fallout again and it's Mm. good again? Todd Howard's Mm -hmm. good again. You can Mm. buy Skyrim in Fallout 76. (laughs) (laughs) Man, fucking Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be up by that point. It's going to be really sad when... Bethesda turns Elder Scrolls 6 into an, a Ubisoft-style open-world Skinner box. And I don't think that Fallout 76 taught them any lessons. I think the only lesson they learned is, you know, tightening the ship on the, the big things. It's just the, 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 you know, the bag and the lack of content that they rushed out. I don't think that the next Elder Scrolls is going to be rushed out on the same level that Fallout 76 will be. So they're just mm. going to... Be like, well, you know, we just have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and not make these kind of promises. And we're still going to have the same nightmare gaming practices that were in Fallout 76. But, you know, it'll be a little bit better and gamers will eat it up. It's so shitty because recently you really do get the impression that Todd Howard is just a businessman. Like, no matter where he started off from a creative perspective as being like, passionate about what he's doing and you kind of get that sense from his early games that he was you know passionate about what he was doing and now it now just seems like it's a business to him oh 100 percent is the trajectory of bethesda is so bad like they peaked at oblivion and then they just dropped right down to the earth oh but anyway enough about todd howard and his (laughs) shitty shitty games we're gonna do a salt mine segment so this is something I brought up earlier. Would you like the honors, Mitch? Oh god. Okay, hang on. Let me let me open this tweet. So this is just a shitty game it takes tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I'm afraid to read this. <laughs> <laughs> well, games are expensive to make because the industry overpays the empl- oh my god overpays the employees. <laughs> we have useless VAs eating up budget too. Get them out of the industry altogether. All they did was dumb down the children by making it so they didn't have to read. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's one of my favorite oh, tweets because it's just like, get them out of here, stupid PAs. Who needs them? Anybody talking in a video game? reading. God, everyone should read. All right, so. obviously that is overlooking people with dyslexia so yeah fuck them for that but (laughs) but um on the other hand if everyone had to read uh morrowind mates that standard so maybe this is a good take (laughs) i'm gonna play devil's advocate (laughs) maybe if they didn't have to do like have so many voice acted lines they could have made a better story in skyrim i mean you're not wrong (laughs) I, like <laughs> I just like the capitalization of we here. It's like, yeah. we, all of us, have useless VAs eating up the budget. Gamer, Okay, so gamers, <laughs> despite being the most insulated, lonely fucking people with the least amount of solidarity in the entire fucking world, love to pretend that all gamers act as like one massive block. Oh, yeah. It's it's not even the first time we've seen shit like this where people are talking about gamers as like we. Reese, do you remember that that real gamer attention thing when we're uh, recording with Matt, where it's just like, 
somebody's gonna show up to where they live and show them <laughs> real game of attention. <laughs> Just like fucking. What the fuck? <laughs> oh. uh, I, I do remember that. It's really like, oh man, you know, it's not the fake gamer attention. Is not getting murdered. <laughs> it's not Real getting... gamer attention is getting murdered. Uh, yeah. So, yikes. just another normal, <laughs> a normal post from a normal gamer. Just having a normal day on Twitter.com. Hell yeah. So, I think that's all the time we've got for today. So, Mitch, thank you so much for coming onto the pod. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time despite, uh, some of the content that we had to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's an unfortunate fact of the sort of gaming news that we delve into. It's good, though. I think more people need to do it. Yeah, I mean, frankly, frankly, I find this just like, and these are the games coming out this week to be pretty dull anyway. Yeah. So I would much rather talk about this, even if it does, even if it is self-harm. <laughs> I uh I I love it and I'm I'm constantly fighting with Alton to talk about the games that are coming out this week. <laughs> we got Borderlands 3, uh, oh. whole new classes to play. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And we, we scream at each other about that and he wins. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Mitch, where can people find you on the internet and watch all of your fantastic videos? Um, I don't know how YouTube URL works, but like heavy eyed one word that usually brings it up. If it doesn't, I failed the algorithm and I don't deserve your views. <laughs> we we will put the YouTube in the show notes. Indeed. And then Twitter is heavy X eyed because someone stole it without <laughs> the X and they have one tweet and it's a private account. Oh and boy. It me. <laughs> yeah. Those fuckers. Wait till we show them real podcast attention <laughs> oh. holy shit <laughs> which, which is which is reporting their their account fruitlessly yeah please i want it i need that handle <laughs> <laughs> all right and everyone should go check out the the video that this whole discussion uh sprung off from which is uh the environmental impact of physical games uh the ethics of buying games so yeah. we're going to link that down in the show description and go ahead and check that out. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, you have a Patreon as well, yes? Yeah, I, I feel uncomfortable talking about that. <laughs> but yeah, I do have one. If you would like to see more videos like this, go support them on Patreon. And check out his video, How Video Game Funding Gun Manufacturers, which I'm going to watch after this uh, because gamers got real mad at it and because I'm a broke brain that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Reese. So, where can people find you online? They can find me at your very good bud on Twitter. I also have a Twitch at your very, uh, your very good bud. I I've been intending to use it for weeks and have not yet. I also have the NY Times op ed Twitter, which I have been unable to think up a good joke uh, for because I'm too mad at politics. <laughs> All right, so, and you can find us at Vigatwato on Twitter, which is just the... Uh, it's the first letters of the title. Yes. And you can find all of our podcasts on Apple, on uh, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. And uh, Our website is videogamesaretheworst.pinecast.co. Uh, you can support us on Patreon over at Patreon slash Vigatwato. Um, so if you want to see the premium content that we occasionally put out and we probably should make more of, um, <laughs> go ahead and throw us five bucks on there. If you want to listen to the episode where we solve the mystery of Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to give us that five dollars. It's a good one. As if our brains were not being broken enough by being constantly exposed to gamers, we decided to <laughs> we decided to go into the Jeffrey Epstein case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you... Mitch has made that noise seven hundred times <laughs> listening to the terrible gamer things that we <laughs> talked about today. Yeah, my brain has been broken over the course of like hour and a half or however long this has been. It's good. Excellent. I will put a notch on my dresser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh you can find me at eight Alton eight on Twitter. And I think that's it for this week. 
Mitch, thank you so much for uh, your time and your energy and your soul. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for bringing me on and breaking my brain. It was, it was <laughs> Excellent. All right. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Peace. This episode was brought to you by our lovely patrons over on Patreon. Robert Miles, Martin Lucas, Rip Andy Nyo's Twitter brutally owned into oblivion, aka Conky, Imperishable Neat, Nine Citrine Winters Beautify the Heavens, aka Nachtseeger, Nate M. Number One Brackets Reese for Smash. I have no idea what that means, but I agree. Jarhead Kuntz, Higgins the Seagull, Nick Rubin, Nathan Melby, Tholos, Kyle Reederman, Eggs, Tom Devan the Video Game Man, Jack Sammons, Dissonant Dragon, New Dark Cloud, and last but not least, Jordan. Thank you all very much for making this pod possible. Uh, apologies for taking so long to get it out, but there was uh, some personal stuff. Uh, my computer was broken for an entire week, and it took me a while to get spun back up into production mode, so sorry about that. Uh, we're back into full-on podcast blasting. We will have new episodes for you soon, including a new premium uh, video games are okay, maybe. So, stay tuned. All right. Bye.